0: Hello, and thanks for downloading this episode of It's Only a Game Show. Please note, this episode does contain swearing and adult humour. Enjoy the episode. It's It's
1: only a game show. It's only a game show. It's only a
2: game show. It's only a game
1: show. Will you start the fans, please? Hello, and welcome to It's Only a Game Show, the podcast where we delve into the weird, wonderful, and sometimes truly awful world of game shows. I'm Mark Warrillow, and I am joined by what I can only describe as a murder of, mm, my, my, otherwise known as Bev Dobson, Mark Dobson, and Mark Roberts. How are we all doing this evening?
3: Hey, uh, yeah, I'm good.
0: Hi, hi
1: everyone. Hi everyone at home. So uh, so Mark, um, in good news, has managed to escape Xander's kitchen. So, uh, so tell us in uh, 12 words or less how you got out of there alive. Uh, restraining order. Fair enough. Each episode one of us will put forward a different show for us to talk about We'll then cover off areas like theme tunes, hosts, contestants, trivia, controversies And ultimately was it actually any good And we'll do that using our rating of top, middle or bottom We'll then follow that up with another exciting round of Bev's Quiz Quiz All based on the show that we've just watched And this episode it's Bev's turn What are we going to be chatting about today? We're
3: going to be chatting about the crystal maze
1: this is just a reminder that you don't need to watch this episode, but, yes, you do. but if you do want to watch it, we will pop the link for it in the description of this podcast, all over our social media channels, and our very own YouTube channel too. So just a bit of background into The Crystal Maze, it first aired on the 15th of February 1990, and a revamped version is still on air now at the time of recording. Do you want to hear some exciting things that happen in the news around the same time? Yeah. So South Africa freed uh, Nelson Mandela after he was in prison for 27 and a half years. East and West Germany reunited. And the, in the big story of the year, the Viscas Corporation debuted a new technology that allowed edible ink ads to be printed onto hot dogs. However, the company found no takers.
0: I thought scrapping Concorde was a step back. That's two times we've stepped back from what surely is advancement of the species.
2: Was there anything else, um, was there anything else debuted in the 1990s?
1: I mean, I, I could tell you what was number one at the time.
2: Oh, yes, I'd like to know that.
1: So as Bev puts it, it was Des's daughter, Sinead O'Connor, <laughs> with uh, nothing compares to you.
2: What a year 1990 was. You got Nelson, like What a Lad, being released, and then Janine O'Connor with her when she she actually had the real tears in that music video, by the way.
1: Yeah. At the time of recording, the Crystal Maze has had eight series covering 116 episodes, and that's the original and the revival. There have also been 10 episodes of a family version on Nickelodeon in the US hosted by Adam Conover. So, Crystal Maze, what's it all about? Well, It's about a team of contestants who take on a range of challenges, which are set within a maze, consisting of four zones that have specific themes. So these challenges were either mental, which tests mental skills, obviously, but also memory ones, like so, like puzzles and brain teasers. Mysteries, so, which is all about problem solving. So it could be a treasure hunt or a large maze, something along those lines. So I uh, tested their physical abilities. That could be an obstacle course or um, I've written the note of lifting stuff pretty much what it was or a skill so this would be all about uh, dexterity and marksmanship so kind of target shooting or vehicle driving
0: i always thought mystery like, skill physical mental mystery i always thought the mystery was just one of the other three he just picked one at random <laughs> no idea that was a theme in its own self
3: well, like, like,
0: like, like, oh, I don't know, we're shit at them all. Mystery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if they were to successfully complete a challenge, they win a crystal, and for each crystal they win, that earns them five seconds in the centre of the maze called the Crystal Dome, where the team has to collect a number of gold tokens to win a prize. They can, however, be locked in a room if they fail to leave the room on time, or for certain games, make a mistake, or a series of them which results in an automatic lock-in. So the crystal maze came about from basically from an unsuccessful attempt at doing a British version of the French game show. And here we go, my French GCSE coming out here, Le Glaire de Fort Boyard, or as it's more commonly known, Fort Boyard. They filmed a pilot which was actually hosted by Richard O'Brien, but they just felt it didn't suit UK audiences and so they felt big changes would need to be made. However, the whole series was commissioned to the production company Chatsworth Television, so essentially they got in touch with Fort Boyard's creator, Jacques-Antoine, about coming up with a different version of the show that used theme zones as a way to keeping the show visually fresh. So the producers went over to visit Antoine in Paris, and when they got there, he basically showed them like a full-size crystal dome that they had basically built and was kind of a way of illustrating what it could be. And essentially from there, the Crystal Maze was born. So Bev, why did you choose the Crystal Maze for us to chat about today?
3: Because it's amazing. I want to go on it so much. Yeah, yeah. I, love, I love the zones. I love the look of it. I love the presenter. O'Brien is what I watched when I was growing up. I love the idea of it. I love the big dome at the end. I love the music, all of it. But unfortunately, it sounds like I really love it. Every time I watch it, it drives me insane. I have to turn it off. So it's mixed emotions.
1: <laughs> it's a mixed bag from Bev early on. And so what about you guys? So, What was your relationship with The Crystal Maze before, before re-watching it?
2: I was quite surprised we were covering it because I didn't class it as a game show. I don't know why. I, I never really thought. It was almost too, not too big for a game show, but I just didn't class it as a game show. I loved it. Um, I I remember used to be scared. Because well, we were seven-ish or something, eight-ish when it, when it first came out. I remember watching my sister and we used to be scared when they got stuck in the rooms, like because Richard O'Brien was sensational, wasn't? I believed he genuinely lived in this place with Mumsy and the others, and so I thought, well, do they get locked in there forever? Do they turn the lights off? And so, <laughs> I <was> re- um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I was like totally into this, like it was like a real life drama more than a game show, really. And like Bev, certainly when I watched this, the episodes before this, although I loved it, it was so nostalgic, and I just loved the presenter. I get so pissed off with them. <laughs> Fucking hell! I mean, if someone went so shit again, the crystal, I go ah, oh, screaming. My neighbours must think I'm insane. I'm screaming at the telly.
1: <laughs> and what about you, Dobbs?
0: I thought when I was younger, it was like the the most amazing game because it wasn't quizzes, was it? It wasn't aimed at the knowledge that you've you've learnt over the years. It was just get some people into a room with a remote control car with a magnet on the front and get that crystal and then proceed through all these different games to a massive wind machine with foil that could blind you in an instant. <laughs> Health and safety nightmare. Let's cross a wet bridge first. <laughs> yes. And I, like what Robert said, I always thought, oh, if you get locked in, you get to play with the rest of the game? If you know
3: that. Keep going. Yeah, just keep it. going.
0: No one's gonna know, are they? And when I was younger, I loved it. I, I just couldn't get enough of it. And then, yeah, as soon as I hit a certain age, it was like, where do they get these fuckwits from? <laughs> how, how, do you have to do an a IQ test before you can apply? And it just annoys me. It's like that one with a giant doorbell, and it says, wire the doorbell up. And they'll run and go, what, what do I do? Uh. Think. Read the fucking
2: instructions, you're always on the bloody wall, that's the first thing you should bloody do. Right guys, what what am I doing? Um, I'm somebody's (laughs) going to have to help me. Fucking, you've not even looked. You've not even (laughs) looked.
0: I've got two minutes, I will describe it in intricate detail (laughs) for at least half that time.
3: How come everything I pick makes you guys angry?
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's something in school which you should call three before me. And it's like the three Bs, you use, you use your brain first, then you might use, can you find the answer in the book? Can you ask your buddy? And finally you come to kind of, you know, the me or Richard O'Brien. Fuck that, they go straight in and they just panic, don't they? And it's like, or they like, or they've got into their own fucking head what they're supposed to be doing without paying any attention. They ignore all the people shouting at them and they just carry on. <laughs> oh, I'm lifting it, i doing the handle. It's <laughs> really
1: how are you doing today, Mark? B. kind. Of, like <laughs>
2: yeah. I've of I've had a bit of a bad lockdown week. Sorry, I calm down now. Oh, sorry, no, 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 it's fine. No, this I'm is what Crystal made. Will you start do. the
0: rant,
3: please?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, down then, oh, oh no! Well,
3: the thing is, the episode that we're watching—it was going to be a different one where none of the contestants annoyed me. Everyone was doing really well, and I thought, oh my. I found an episode that's not the most annoying thing in the world but the end it kind of petered off a few people got locked in they brought them all out and they went to the crystal dome with one crystal oh five seconds so it's such an anti climax so I can't do it but then the next one you know it was a much better episode but oh my god I hate no I don't hate every single person on it but most (laughs) of them oh my god (laughs) I think
0: we should put a link in for that one one crystal episode because at the end Richard Richard O'Brien's like he's well, I'm gonna raise the bridge. You don't see the point, but I'm gonna raise the bridge anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like literally like laying into them.
2: Why did they buy everybody out?
3: Oh, they were just like, We started as a team, we'll leave as a oh shot. We we'll start- started as a other. team, we'll
0: fail as a team.
3: Yeah,
0: pretty
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, well, you say that when I was um I was reading up some stuff on the crystal maze, and apparently the worst team ever got no crystals. So they oh they ended up going God, yeah. into the Crystal Dome and they just did two bursts on the whistle and that was it. I don't think they actually managed to get any tokens. But they made <laughs> them go in. That's yeah. hilarious.
3: Did they turn the fans on?
1: Probably. They probably just probably. had the hairdryer on in there. Just instead. just
3: go in, touch the bar, come back out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much money they would make if they made an actual Crystal Maze like theme parky thing. Now you went in as a team and you. But they leave.
3: have. Do
1: they you know. Have. You know there is one.
3: His face
0: yeah, Robert, they went back in time. They heard this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go wearing our generation game bomber jackets. Fuck you time travelers.
2: There's still competition in how many is there in a team, like 26. We competition and get four
1: male good-looking listeners
2: to maybe uh (laughs) win a prize to come in a team with us hang on
1: mark i i'd like i'd like to point out we've not had a meeting about this we need to check the budgets (laughs) and everything (laughs)
0: there
3: is no budget bear in mind
0: When you say, come in the
1: maze with me, what exactly do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, so we, we've spoken enough about uh, euphemisms to do with zones and obviously our relationship with the crystal maze. So let's chat about the theme tune. The theme tune was written by a guy called Zat Lawrence, who was in Say With A Bell. And it's called (laughs) Force Field. Oh,
2: I believed in it then.
1: Sorry. It's been used across all series of the show, but with a slightly revamped version for the newer ones. He wrote the theme tunes for other game shows, Treasure Hunt and Interceptors. And he also scored a number two UK single as keyboard player for the band Mr Blow with their song, (laughs) Grieving with Mr Blow. It's fair to say I'd never heard of that. But let's not focus on that, because at the end of the day, his masterpiece, I think we can safely say, is the theme tune to Crystal Maze. I mean, usually we say whether whether it's a banger or not, but I think we kind of know the answer already, right?
3: It is an amazing theme tune. And um, I've had it in my head because I've been watching a lot of Crystal Maze. Hmm. I went for a run with my running club. And as we were running through like little trails through the woods, I had it in my head. <laughs> da, 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 da. I felt like I was running between the zones. I loved it.
1: But oh, wow. that's a that's a really good exercise, like music actually. Is like oh, a good tempo? Like
3: I felt what, free. I felt like my feet were flying.
0: What you do is if you've got kids, you set them some challenges beforehand. And every time they did a challenge, obviously it'd be something that amused them, you'd be like, Oh, that gives you five seconds. To do the dishes, and then at the end you'd be like, you've accumulated thirty seconds to do those dishes, and then play the theme. Da, 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 and just watch kids <laughs> just smash the shit out of your crockery.
2: Do you know what? That's a great. You should write like a parenting book because I think that's fucking genius.
0: I mean, obviously, obviously, obviously. When I said thirty, obviously you'd give them like I don't know five minutes every time they did something. Oh, there's a, a Swarovski crystal for you. Don't drop it because a fortune.
2: Do you know what? If I ever adopt kids, I'm going to do that. I'm going to create a little crystal maze with the little um the little keypad to put the crystals in and every time the kids are so good, you're going to get a crystal in there. Yeah.
1: Just uh, get them to stand in the greenhouse and just stick, uh, chuck a load of paper at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: with, a, with, a, with a leaf blower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall through the glass!
2: old oh, Johnny! <laughs>
0: I'm
1: not your real father!
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who doesn't want to live a life of serv- servitude Monday to Friday so you can get 10 minutes in a greenhouse with a leaf blower? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds like my teenage sex years, to be <laughs>
2: <Anyway>. <laughs> <laughs> So what do we... Um, I mean,
1: it, it, it's clearly a banger, isn't it, this one?
2: One of the, the greatest, I think, theme tunes ever written.
0: Yeah, so, so good. Like if, if somewhere there was a compilation of theme tunes, you'd be well fucked off. Oh, someone's going to swear as much as episode... <laughs> you'd, you'd be well knocked <laughs> if it was missing,
1: for sure. I mean, it's 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 really recognizable, really memorable. But I th- and I think kind of looking back at the other shows that we've worked for this podcast and other game shows generally, it's not like a theme tune of any other game show I could think of. It, it seems a bit darker. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, I, I it, don't is. Know what yeah. it is very atmospheric.
3: Yeah. It is dark.
1: So I think that's fair to say. That's enough of the theme tune. So so let's move on and, and meet the hosts. Over the years, we've had five different hosts, but three that are probably most associated with the show. So first off, we had Richard O'Brien. He's had an incredibly varied career, but he actually started off as a a stunt performer, starting with Carry On Cowboy, but also the Disney's The Fighting Prince of Donegal and the Bond spoof Casino Royale, not the Daniel Craig Look At Me In My Pants one, but the, the comedy one earlier than that. And a lot of that was because he was brought up on a farm in New Zealand and learned to ride horses and what have you. So got a lot of that from there. He then went on to do lots of different things. So he starred in films such as uh, Flash Gordon. He provided his voice in the animated kids show Phineas and Ferb. And he also had a pop career, releasing a couple of singles with his wife at the time, Kimmy Wong, called Kimmy and Ritz. But aside from the Crystal Maze, I think what he's best known for is writing the musical stage show, The Rocky Horror Show in 1973 and then obviously went on to co-write the screenplay of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and then, and then of course, appeared in the film as Riff Raff. Um, a slight confession to make, I've never actually seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
3: Shut up! Oh, God! Up. It's the it. best film ever!
2: I deliberately didn't, didn't look, look into um, Richard O'Brien before, because I was like, I'd always be really intrigued by him, but not known anything about him, and I thought, oh, I'll just wait for the surprise in the show. I didn't know he'd done any of that. I didn't know he'd really? written the Rocky Horror no, I didn't know. Oh, wow. I've always loved
1: him, so I've learned a lot. Thank you. There you go. And I, I think kind of his his most well-known bit, certainly about Crystal Mays anyway, was obviously his bits to camera, his monologues, but actually they were a happy accident in themselves. It was never planned. So it all came about during filming when Richard basically just turned to the camera people and started messing about with them. And then when the footage was reviewed and went through to editing, producers of the show saw what it could add to the show and basically said, do that all the time. And Richard himself actually said in an interview about looking straight at the camera and that he unknowingly added a complicity between me and the audience at home. So obviously since then, the monologues have stayed in and then each presenter has has put their own spin on it. We've touched on this already, but what do we think about Richard O'Brien as a presenter on the Crystal Maze?
0: I can't imagine a better a better fit. Don't you fucking dare say Darren Day. List anyone, <laughs> you know, from from not being in the in the mainstream in that kind of role. You know, he's not a presenter. He's not any kind of a celeb in that context. You know, it's behind the scenes. He's writing it. He's he's like you said back in the day doing the stunt work. So where they found him, don't know. Genius. Yeah. Well done. But, oh, my God, what a fit.
1: It needs a particular type of character. Yeah, and it yeah. seemed like he ticks so many of the boxes, yeah. kind of this eccentric person that can bounce off people really well. But what what was quite funny was that, um, so that, that Fort Boyard pilot that he did, they didn't actually have any budget to pay him. <laughs> and so he asked, as payment, just to have some really nice sandwiches.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, oh my God! What? I'm obsessed with him. And you know what? He comes
2: across lovely, doesn't
0: he? I was going to say yeah. another part of his character, or just him, because was he playing a character, or not? was he just was that just Richard O'Brien? Is that mm. he could be beautiful and caring and sweet and kind. If someone feels they've done really bad, he could be uplifting. But at the same time, had that kind of you know that teacher kind of instinct where he could turn an instant and be like, right, mm. pull yourself together. And be like, wow.
2: Was he playing a character, do, do you think? I didn't even think about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was called it was called the Maze Master.
2: So so you so you don't say so it, it was a full character. It obviously it brought a lot of Richard O'Brien into it, but
0: I don't know, Robertson just made that up. Oh did you? Oh. It sounded good though, the Maze Master. Leave it in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Do not fact check that, please.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what did you think, Bev? Because it was your thing. Like did did you pick it because of him?
3: Yeah, I like him as the host. And this is one of those situations where, when it went on to the second host, I just couldn't leave him behind. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, they, they got someone fairly similar-ish, but it just wasn't the same. And I think maybe from, he was in Flash Gordon and he was in Rocky Horror, like all things that I really love. And he yeah. is a bit alternative, a bit dark, edgy, unusual. His the harmonica. fashion was amazing. It wasn't,
2: it? yes, it's
3: fascinating. So good. Fine. It's just, I reckon we'd be really good friends in real life. And most normal people would look at him and think he was odd. But to me, I look at him and think, oh, my God, I want to be his friend. Mm. I think he's just one of our people.
1: (laughs) Yes. There's not not many presenters like him.
3: No. I can't
1: think of anyone who is similar to Richard O'Brien. And I think you will come on to the other host, but I think you've touched on something there, Bev, about there is a thread between all of them, but Richard Mm. O'Brien is Richard O'Brien. It's hard to follow him up, really.
0: Can we just say that if we do the competition... And we do, we do take. are not going to do the competition. And we do take four of Robert's fuck buddies into the crystal (laughs) maze. Sorry, sorry, competition winners (laughs) into the crystal (laughs)
3: maze. I don't think Xander's free.
0: <laughs> can they rock up? We're like, right. Well, when we'll, we we'll at such and such, can, they rock up? can all four of us be dressed as Richard O'Briens?
2: Yes. I'm, I'm. I'm so up for us having when we can all bloody meet up some sort of Crystal Maze theme party. Now I'm well excited.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That'd be so good. We'll get it wrong and bring some crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> no, some meth, no, meth! no, no, no. We're all
2: too old for that now
1: (laughs) mark do you want to do you want to play i don't really know but if you've got 50p i can borrow
2: (laughs) (laughs) i don't get that joke but i laugh to sound cool
3: well i'll explain it i've seen it a lot in um when we're in blackpool we had a lot of people come up and ask us for 50p for the bus but we think it was for meth
1: but it cost 50p no but i don't think
3: they're gonna say can i have 10 pound 50
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The idea is that you ask for a small amount, loads, and then you build up to... Right.
0: What we should do is create a game show called The Crystal Maze, and that's one of the
1: games. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say. We can get Craig Charles to present it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, He'd have been a good host of The Crystal Maze, actually. I was thinking of him as like, if it brought it back, he could potentially carry it off in his own style.
0: They have brought it back, and it's still going on now. Yeah, yeah. but if they (laughs) brought
2: it back again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Richard left the programme at the end of Series 4. What was quite interesting with the new host was that they actually introduced it within the show. So at the start of the 1993 Children's special, we had a short one-minute introductory film which saw Richard O'Brien and Mumsy. For those who don't remember, Mumsy was a fortune teller character that popped up now and then, and he refers to her quite a lot leaving the maze on a harley davidson um <laughs> richard leaves a note behind for the new occupant saying ed i know i'm leaving the maze in safe hands remember to pay the milkman love rick at which point we are then introduced them to the new host which, which is ed tudor i'm so glad i didn't say edgar Allan poe because that's what i keep on doing so not edgar Allan poe originally was the lead singer of the punk rock band Temple Tudor, who were probably best known for their top 10 songs, Swords of a Thousand Men. So he began an acting career following the group split, and it's fair to say he bagged some pretty lucrative huge roles, including the role of Hotelier in Sid and Nancy, Mr. Borgin in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, which was cut from the final cut, and and the role of a ranting street preacher in season two of Game of Thrones. But coincidentally in a West End run of Rocky Horror Picture Show in 1990, he actually played the role of Riff Raff, which was Richard O'Brien's part in the movie. So potentially I wonder, you know, we wondered whether this could be where the show's producers actually thought of him as a Mm. natural replacement. But what did we think of uh, Edgar Allan Poe as a a (laughs) presenter? Were we we, uh, raving about his? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I think he sounded exactly like Richard O'Brien. Like if you if you couldn't see it and you heard it, he'd be like, oh, Crystal Mace is on. And then you'd run in and be like, oh, it's one of his episodes. So I, I, it didn't bother me when he, he died in Baltimore and no one knew why. <laughs> just move on.
1: <gasps>
3: Edgar Oh, Sorry.
1: Sorry. I was like, I'm pretty sure Ed Poe isn't dead. <laughs> I found him to be a little bit more encouraging and sympathetic than Richard O'Brien. And I like, I I thought he was good. I thought he was perfectly good, but he's definitely kind of got more of that drama student vibe to him. Like I wonder for me, it tread he treaded the line between being good and being, you know, those are sometimes really annoying people at escape rooms who are really <laughs> over the top and
2: yeah, that's no me.
1: need to be that's kind of the vibe <laughs> i got i don't know what you thought
2: i i would say he
1: had an incredibly tough
2: act to follow and he actually did very well he will never be richard o'brien and because richard O'Brien was so bloody good and such a natural he automatically he, he thinking like when i see him like Ugh. but actually he did an all right job but i think your point spawn richard o'brien was just a naturally interesting person. That was, how he, that was how he was in his everyday life. Whereas this guy was a drama student when he basically.
3: Yeah, like, because a minute ago, Mark, you were like, do you think Richard was playing a character? Like, that's how much we were convinced. Like, yeah, he lives there. The maze master. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then when Ed came along, it was a bit too like, okay, we well, see that you're playing a character. And on paper, I should prefer Ed because he makes more of the actual story of the crystal maze and Mm -hmm. like the time zones and the crystals and that when they go from zone to zone they're like traveling in time and space and he even looks a bit like a doctor
2: Oh, no he does though so i
3: should love him but no i'd rather richard o'brien to be cast as a doctor or
0: christopher eccleston would have been great well you did wouldn't good yeah so good. Apparently, the budget for each episode was one hundred twenty-five thousand pounds.
1: Yeah, so it was one hundred twenty-five thousand pound for each episode, and then to actually build the set, it was about a quarter of a million pounds. So it was it was a huge risk. How the hell do you spend one hundred twenty-five yeah. grand
0: an episode? How much does bags mm. of sand cost in the nineties?
1: Well, I think it was filmed over two days as well, which was part of it so there was that but I think I think at the end of the day it you know as you say it was a lot of money it was a huge risk but it seems that so after the two series of Ed and the, and the seasons before with Richard when they called it a day it was actually a big success and regularly getting over four million viewers peaking at, at just under six million which for Channel 4, which traditionally has a lower viewership than your BBC and your ITV, is really impressive. And not just that, it was also a critical success and was nominated for a BAFTA on four different occasions, as well as a Royal Television Society nomination as well. So it kind of ticked all the boxes really on on that side of things too. So on the back of its success, a number of sites were built called the, the Cyberdrome Crystal Maze, where you could play replica games. But The price point essentially made it more for corporate hospitality. And so they ended up not being very successful in closing down. However, having a real crystal maze has always been bubbling under. And in June 2015, a crowdfunding campaign to rebuild it as an an attraction raised half a million pounds. That then was built and opened in London in March 2016, proved incredibly popular. And then they opened one in Manchester the following year. Clearly, Channel 4 saw and thought, yeah, we could do something with this. So shortly afterwards, in 2016, they uh, announced a one-off celebrity special, which would be hosted by Stephen Merchant, comedian best known for co-creating The Office and extras with Ricky Gervais. And it also included a cameo from Richard O'Brien as the computer. And a really interesting fact is that there's only one celebrity that appeared on both the celebrity version of the original one and the celebrity version of the new ones, and that was Darren Day.
2: No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No.
1: We're not <laughs> no. falling for that
0: again. Because <laughs> I've watched them. <laughs>
1: we're not, we're not falling for the third of Warlow's set jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that version had an incredibly positive response from viewers, and so they decided to restart it again, commissioning 20 episodes for a 2017 series and then following that up with another series the year after. But this time around, they went for Richard Ayoade to present it, So for those who don't know who Richard is, he's a British comedian, actor, filmmaker, writer, author, TV presenter, although he is probably best known for his role as Moss in the IT crowd, for which he won a BAFTA in 2014 for Best Male Comedy Performance. His style of presenting The Kristen Maze has been described as being a more cerebral and intense version of Moss. But... What do we think of our wadi as the as the host? Do we think he works as the host of the Crystal Maze? I struggle to like
2: him. Again, he's done some twatty things on Twitter, which annoys me. I, I, I like him when I see him and I watch the episode, I like him and he's funny. But it's just something so fucking smug about him. I really want to knock him out in equal measure. I, you, I think should, I'm jealous because he's so it.
3: good at everything.
2: Maybe that's what it is, jealousy. Mm. Yeah. He's
0: a he's an accomplished director, isn't he? Like yeah, director, so talented. he's obviously got smart about him, but I just cannot see him outside of the Moss. IT crowd as Moss. It's just
3: yeah, I just imagine he's Moss.
0: Yeah, when it was when it, when things. I first like, oh what Moss is doing the Crystal. It doesn't mean I, I just. Well, couldn't. I don't
3: think he was playing a character when he was in the IT crowd because we've watched like documentaries he did. Do you remember about gadgets and stuff? It's like oh Moss is doing a documentary. Like <laughs> I can't separate him. Yeah, he, he is Moss. Yeah.
0: I didn't even know how to pronounce his name for solo because I'll be like, oh, it's Richard Moss.
3: <laughs> Richard
0: <laughs> Moss? Yeah, Richard Moss. What is it? Ayoadi. But, but as a presen- Why would be as a presenter <laughs> on the Crystal Maze, it just seems like a perfect evolution. Richard O'Brien to Edgar Allan Poe is his clone, and then Richard O'Brien, it just seems like almost like a clone, isn't it, of that concept of presenter of the of the Maze Master, going to coin that as my own phrase? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a natural progression, natural evolution.
1: But I think with um, Dick Moss, like that's always been. Uh...
0: <laughs> you've been fucking silent because you've been yeah. thinking of that joke.
1: <laughs> but the the one the one thing that I did think is that he's almost too reserved you know, to be on a par with Richard O'Brien. You know, Richard O'Brien's so kind of out there and flamboyant where he where, where is a bit more kind of drawn in on himself. We've spoken about the host, and so now that can only mean one thing. It's time to play the Crystal Maze. Oh, hi. We're introduced to Richard. He's already got the old harmonica out. So we meet the six contestants, the team. <laughs> There's
0: Anne Albanson, 20 years old, from Macclesfield, and she's a student at Kingston Polytechnic. Keith Schrodd, 34 years old, from Essex, and he's a chartered accountant. Andrew Noble, 21 years old, from Glasgow, and he's a singing
1: telegram.
0: Joe Williams, 21 years old, from the West Midlands, and she's a drama student. Sheila Smith, 40 years old, from Durham, and she's a prison officer. Mark Johnson, 25 years old, from Reading, and he's an insurance underwriter and also the team captain.
1: Already, Sheila's just there, smiling and nodding aimlessly. Having it, she's just glad to be there, oh having a lovely goodness. time. Richard tells them they've got to go and unlock the gate. It takes all of them to realise it's locked, <laughs> so not a good start. And then it, it's up to Richard to tell them that the key is actually on the floor, so they managed to get in. And we were talking about him being a stunt person, I was so impressed by this point. Then Richard, yeah, he he jumps about over the walls, under gaps, bearing in mind he's wearing a suit and cowboy boots, and considering he was 48 at the time as well, it was pretty impressive. So we we open up with the industrial zones, basically an industrial wasteland with like dirty metal doors and bins. Dirty old doors. Anyway, so Richard explains the concept of the games. So yeah, four types of games between two and three minutes long. So it's the role of the captain to choose which team members play what type of games. So first up, we had Keith with a mystery game. And basically, this was just a pinball machine with holes in the board. Not really sure what this game had to do with industrial, but but that's fine. (laughs) Keith starts going for it, basically chucking loads of balls in there at the same time. And as Richard says, I think he's trying to work too many balls at once. (laughs) Well, it's fair to say we've all been there. Mm-hmm. After all, Richard may have been right as he doesn't even come close to doing it.
0: Can I just say how, how annoying the first guy was when he walked in? And it was one of those, like we described, just I'll, I'll describe it. Two and a half minutes to play this okay. game he's got. Uh, uh, there's a bag insane. of tail board yep. um, game, and it looks like I've got to fill up a basket to release That's the crystal. Right. Yes, I appear to be presented with uh, a giant pinball machine of some sort, I believe. I'll just, I'll just go fucking ape shit on it. <laughs> and then Richie was like, use the flippers. Oh, just fucking put balls
2: in. That's a very good impression then, by the way, of Richard O'Brien.
1: <laughs> use the flippers.
0: <laughs> Will you start the flippers, please? <laughs> it doesn't need describing. It's, it's obvious what it does
2: you know what maybe we're being a little unfair because we're seeing it on we're not in the moment with the adrenaline and um, going to the room and you're kind of thrown in and the time and i wonder if, if it is a little bit panicky actually when you oh, go it in oh, it's yeah.
1: gonna be it's gonna be high pressure
0: no it won't trying the, to be nice the, the tv might put an extra element on that none of us apart from warlow have had yeah. but We've all done escape rooms, and I've never gone into an elaborate escape room went and lost me mind and just started shouting out Bev, what
1: I do?! But have you ever done an escape room where there's like six million people watching you doing it, and you've got some ball guy, ball guy outside going, just fucking hurry
0: up, just hurry up! No, but nor have I been in an escape room that's cost 125 grand.
1: Captain Mark uh, looks Joe up and down and then chooses her for a skill game, and this is a model railway train on one end, The crystal on a cargo carriage on the other was set to point in the middle and they basically have to get them to join up. Um, One of Rich's key roles, and it became pretty prevalent here, what I thought anyway, was when the game is as boring as fuck to watch, like this, he basically fills the gaps and makes some of the train noises with his trusty harmonica, basically.
0: I think a little bit of of train music here, like we can go in this. (laughs)
1: So Joe does it pretty easy with 35 seconds to spare. It did seem like a pretty easy game.
3: To be fair, you've, you've just watched someone play pinball and someone play with their the train set. It wasn't really that riveting.
1: It's not a strong start. It would be if it was called the Toy Box Zone.
3: Oh, better zone name.
1: So we then had Anne to play a mental game. And it's basically (laughs) a crossword on a table with full words and part of words on big boards. And you had to fit them in, into the right place, complete the puzzle. And this was almost like the first time that you could partially play along at home. But also the the first time the team could actually get involved as well.
3: Work from the top again, think logically. Yeah, sometimes I don't think it's the contestant doing the game that's annoying me. It's the backseat drivers.
0: Yes. Mm. That could have been the toy box zone. Train set, pinball and
3: a crossword. A crossword is not a
2: toy. In in the episode I watched with the other presenter, whose name, I keep forgetting for some reason.
3: the Allan Poe.
2: That's it. The the, the the captain in that one, when he goes into the first game, he's like, right guys, come on, you're going to have to help me. And they all just go, yeah, come on. Woo, that's not fucking helping. I'm just like cheering him.
1: And to be fair, she does really well. She, she completes it with 40 seconds to go. And so they're already up to two crystals. So a really promising start. At which point Richard says, Hey,
0: this is pretty good, isn't it? Three games played, two crystals. That's 10 seconds of time
1: inside the crystal den. No one locked in yet. Yet. (laughs) Now, is that a kiss of death or is it not?
3: Because it's time
1: to get physical, physical. I want to get physical (laughs) with Sheila. And Sheila is just having a lovely time. So her game, she goes in, It's a multi-level maze, so you can go up or down, but you have to crawl the whole way around. There are yellow dots to show the route, and Richard, as she goes in, gives her a pretty big clue by saying it's, it's the color of your helmet. Sheila goes straight for the middle in the quickest way possible, not necessarily the right way, and then it's bamboozled that she can't get to it.
0: How do I get to it? I've obviously gone the wrong way.
1: I mean, and this is after her team of continuously shouting to follow the yellow! Go for the yellow! Go
2: for the yellow!
1: Yeah. She then seems to lose the concept of everything, and I mean everything. I mean, I'm not sure if she understood what yellow was and then she didn't realise she had to follow it. I'm so much backwards and forwards of follow the yellow, include, and this is the first helpful hint from Joe, who just says, the colour of your hat, just in case she's clearly lost the concept of what yellow is again. And... <laughs> This this is where that actually the only explanation I could think of of why Sheila was so bad at this game was that she was tripping absolute balls and had (laughs) no idea what was going on generally. She kept on shouting, shall I come back? Shall I come back? And at one point she said, shall I come back? And it was just Richard on his own just said, yes, but in a really resigned way. So it almost felt like her teammates had given up on her already.
0: I'd given up within the first 30 seconds. If someone doesn't understand, it's like you said perfectly, the clue was epic.
3: I think she thought she could only get through it with their guidance, but she couldn't hear. So she didn't engage her own brain. No, you know, like those people that follow satnav into a lake. She, she was
0: she, she was she was either that or she was already playing the crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. She was clearly playing the crystal meth. But unsurprisingly. Prison Warden Sheila is locked in, so Richard's kiss of death does come to fruition. Oh, no. So even when Richard is explaining to the team she's locked in, he's interrupted with her cries of,
0: oh, you are going to move on and try and win a few more crystals afterwards?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's like playing with your bloody mother, isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, Captain Mark does the honourable thing and, and buys her out. I wonder if you'll be so honourable as the game goes on. We shall see. But Sheila comes out and just says, Oh, my knee pad fell off. But that was really good fun. And at that point, I I love Sheila. So what what did we think of the industrial zone?
0: It's like you said at the start, what were the games to do? A uh, crossword, what's that to do with industrial? Mm. I mean, I'm not saying it's like, you know, save a overdosed prostitute from dying. I don't I'm not saying it has to be that or torture car, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> theme them a bit
1: better
3: yes it's the weakest of all the zones yeah, I,
1: I think that's in the crystal meth one that is <laughs> oh, <yeah>. even <laughs> adrenaline <laughs> shot to the heart in less <laughs> than two minutes
2: come on off we go to the next yes. next one
1: <laughs> <laughs> At entering the Aztec zone, the team only have one crystal, which means just five seconds in the crystal dome. It's pretty pathetic, isn't it? But they aim to change that with the skill game, and this time it's the singing telegram. Andrew. <laughs> I can't believe singing telegrams are still a thing, to be honest. So this game is essentially a treasure hunt. He is given clues of the locations of four items in the form of riddles. The room is set up with sand and artefacts on the floor with a grid made of rope about a foot off the ground and each grid being a square foot big. And he basically has to follow the clues to find the artefacts that are buried in the sand and then pop them in a statue at the end to get the crystal. He goes in, he's reading the clues and Rich is straight away slagging them off for taking too much time already. <laughs> I think it's like the second or the third clue and... He basically spends ages on that clue with nobody telling him how long he had left. Then they suddenly realised he's only got five seconds left and he has to run out. But because of the grid, he has to kind of step (laughs) his way out. He gets to the door, but Richard pretty much just pushes him back in. He then turns to the team and says, Sorry,
0: no, no, it wasn't out. No, it wasn't out. I'm sorry. See these guys here? Uh They locked you
1: in. fucking cold cold from richard so i love that though it was good the uh so the team have another person locked in and this time does captain mark do the honorable thing No, of course he doesn't he he decides to hang on hang on to the end of the zone and at this point we cut to andrew sat looking at the door hoping what happened to people when they were locked in did they just sit there does anyone know
3: uh, yeah cuz they'd be filming all day so it might be like a few minutes in the show but
1: no
0: i think they would were, they weren't even remotely locked in they were like oh it's locked in and they were out i see i reckon for authenticity
2: and because richard o'brien's so eccentric in in the nicest of ways he'd have left him in there because surely you want your contestants to really like feel like they're in this slightly different universe, whatever. And so for them to really believe it and believe it, but have it believable, I bet they kept them in.
1: I, I think if it was Richard O'Brien, he'd lock them in there, but just have like water filling the room. The <laughs> <way>. <laughs> Game number two is a physical one, and we're back to say what you see, Keith. So you basically have to connect parts of a handle, attach it to a pendulum, and the aim is to get it to swing, to cut some twine that the crystal is connected to. Uh, He he just continues to commentate on every single (laughs) thing that he does. Uh, There's there's a frame, and there's some form of a swing. There's a rope on the floor. (laughs) He gets it swinging. A good nugget of advice from the team, including... Get
3: faster, come on. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and with 40 seconds to go the twine breaks and they get the crystal so Keith redeeming himself from the first game so they're back up to two crystals and this time Captain Mark it's my it's my nickname for you on the weekend Mark Captain Mark chooses himself to do a mental game there's a board on the wall saying reassemble the cube outside of the cage so it's essentially a 3D cube broken up into pieces and they have to take it out and remake it but what's good is somebody, somebody gets it straight away and says do it in reversal Orders so upside down to take out the piece, put it back. So, again, once you get the game, it's pretty simple. So, and they ended up doing it in less than a minute. Wow. So, they're back up to three crystals and starting to look a lot healthier. And this is the end of the Aztec Zone. And remember, he said, we'll, we would see how we were before we let Andrew out. Bearing in mind, they've had two games since then, they've won two crystals. <laughs> Guess what the prick does? He keeps him <laughs> fucking locked in there and decides to move on and come back for him. So essentially he was always gonna he was always gonna keep him locked in there.
0: Right, we're gonna go on to our next zone now, all right? Future world. Yep. Could you follow me please?
1: Yep. So we're into the futuristic zone, which is the the space station. Captain Mark chooses a skill game, and here he is. It's Sheila. But then we hear the dreaded words, automatic lock-in. And considering Sheila's previous attempts, I think panic probably rightly hits the team. The game is that there's a crystal in the middle of a revolving cage. Sheila has a pole with a hook at the end, and she basically has to get it out. But if she touches the cage poles three times, she's locked in. So
0: I thought she's gonna stick the pole in and like you know, the fucking lights going off like a disco. Bah, 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 bah. Oh sorry, <laughs> Sheila, that's an automatic lock-in. <laughs> I'm,
2: a, I'm a locked in now.
1: <laughs> Where are the ducks? <laughs> bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Oh, my new pad's still on. <laughs> it doesn't start well. She didn't even look at the centre of the room. Instead, she walks over <laughs> to, the, to the side and starts turning on a knob that looks like the thermostat. Leave those, leave those, leave those. She's not look at the middle. What are you, where's what's the, what's crystal? In the middle? Where is the crystal? <laughs> <laughs> She's just staring at it for about 30 seconds. Definitely tripping. She touches it once. One mistake left. She manages to hook it, but then she drops it. And the ring is facing the other way so towards the centre. And now it's getting tense. But then Sheila has a brainwave. (laughs) You don't actually need to hook it. So she just drags it towards her, hooks onto it. And you know what? She only went and bloody did it. Go on, <laughs> Sheila. Yes, Sheila. So with that, Sheila gets them their fourth crystal. And as Richard says, you're on a roll. I mean, and the atmosphere with this group starts to change. As Captain Mark chooses a mystery game, bearing in mind, Anne and Joe both won crystals. He chooses himself like he, he looks pumped he's like ready to run in. he almost doesn't wait for the door to open he's, he could just run through it if he wants so the doors open and in there is a glove box not a glove box you find in a car but the type that you see in in labs essentially so he has to match the weight of the crystal which is 182 grams using a scale and a number of colored balls that are different weights that are in there it takes him 30 seconds to figure out he has to actually put the gloves on and then richard is very insistent that he uses the tweezers use the
0: tweezers that's it but use those tweezers provided please will you start the tweezing please
1: (laughs) he puts one of the balls in but then doesn't realize that yet you actually have to put more in and then once (laughs) he does after being shouted at by his team by absolute blind luck he manages to pick up the four balls that matches the weight of the crystal exactly yeah 182 So balance it. He then moves them across the two sections, but again, with a lot of direction from the team. And with over a minute, 10 seconds to go, he gets the crystal. I don't think I've ever seen anyone absolutely smash it. But completely by accident, so much in my entire life.
0: Absolutely. When he just picked four colours, like uh like there was no thought processing what colours or let's because Bev was going one at a time and working out, he just went, uh put four on, and it was like, what was it, hundred eighty-three? Bang, it's like you fucking
2: lucky bat.
1: <laughs> so Captain Mark comes out absolutely chuffed with himself. There's a big hug. They're now up to five crystals. Next up, Captain Mark chooses Joe to go with a physical. And essentially this is two zip lines in a room. One, she zips along the other with the crystal. She has to wire across grab and poles and build a stand that will catch the crystal on the other side. She does get very close but the platform, um, it doesn't line up properly so it can't catch the crystal and she comes out with n- with nothing. Next up is Joe with a skill game and this one is another maze but this one a lot smaller than Sheila's. So the crystal is in the middle and it's moved around by magnets which are attached to handles so essentially you have to complete the maze to get the crystal. She does it pretty easily with 30 seconds to go. And Joe, it seems like it's probably the most value, you know, the MVP, the most valuable player. Two games, two crystals, does it pretty easily. Yeah, she just
3: got that she game, just, she... cracked on. They were mm. all trying to help her, but they're outside, they can't see, they're backseat driving again. So she was just like, mm. yeah, I'm just going to do it ignore you. you can go in there on no right. I can go no, this no,
0: one. No, no. go back go, go back. back you go anywhere you go want back. you see the route you go <laughs>
1: for it girl <laughs> any thoughts on the futuristic zone I compared to compared to the others it always makes me think of red dwarf
3: does it
1: yeah
3: <laughs> I don't know what it reminds me of I thought it was a really good idea oh like a space station awesome but it wasn't like the one the newer series with uh Richard Ayoade. boss with Richard boss much better futuristic yeah. set
1: Yes, yeah. it's so good. It's more 2001, isn't it? As in 2001: yeah. uh, Space Odyssey.
2: I think it works because I mean, because it looked a bit red dwarfy. It kind of looked a little bit naff, but in like a, I love, I liked it. It's probably my second favorite zone until the Ocean Zone came in.
0: I think that kind of juxtaposition between Aztec and straightly Futuristic is brilliant. I really like Futuristic. I think it works so well as a alternating from either Medieval or Aztec. It's like, wow, they have gone And they space. always
3: go mm. clockwise, don't they? So they are broken up. Is that right? Or have I Ooh. made this up?
0: Is that this sounds a like a me-bollocks fact.
3: Yeah, it does. <laughs> I think they always, they alternate where they start, but wherever they start, they always go clockwise.
1: So the team now have six crystals, so 30 seconds in the Crystal Dome. And the team are pumped as they dash off to the next zone, which is the medieval zone. So follow this
0: guy. Yes.
1: Captain Mark at this point is reminded that Andrew is still locked in, but Captain Mark decides they will play the next game and decide after that. I always always felt it was quite harsh to keep people locked in for such a long period of time. I mean, they're all in the same boat. They've all had a day off work. Imagine if uh, we went with the competition winners. And the four competition winners <laughs> all got locked in and we just fucking left him there, there for the whole weekend. We my trip. trip.
3: We would do
1: that. <laughs> Rob, Rob, Robert, if we give you
0: the crystal, will you promise to let them out?
1: <laughs> I'll be back in 30 to 40 minutes.
0: <laughs> and they would be like, he's been gone a while.
1: <laughs> so, so Captain Mark decides not to let him out. At that point, Richard says it's a wise decision, but but is it? And Captain Mark goes for Keith for a physical game. So Keith goes into the room and again commentates on every fucking single thing he does.
0: Right, there are a pair of gloves, which I'm gonna put on. There's loads of levers and ratchets and things. I can see the crystals in the corner.
1: There are a pair of gloves, which I'm going to put on.
0: Left hand first. All the fingers in. Right hand next. All the fingers in.
1: Oh no, that's my feet. I better take <laughs> them off my feet.
0: Ten, nine, oh dear. Fucked again.
1: <laughs> How has this ended up over my face? I don't know why he started singing all of a sudden. Oh my God.
0: Are we going to start writing Crystal Maze the musical? <gasps> oh no, oh no, it's a lock-in.
3: <laughs> oh
0: my God, that could work. I, you know what? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Thanks for your... You know what? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Have you heard Mark Roberts' review from The Telegraph? No? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. You know, oh, you never guess the edgy thing he just said. What, what, what? Mm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I just started thinking about script writing it.
1: So he, he puts on the, the pair of gloves. The crystal is grappable. And Richard says he should grab it and run, baby. Grab it and run. So Keith does. Oh,
2: no! That- again!
1: Oh. He just thinks then he could just go over and lift the gate up so bear in mind like the show that he's on <laughs> what's just happened the fact that he thinks he could just walk open walk over and open the door and that will be fine and game. I can just lift it up
0: no, but I can't the because the there the is I've Come obviously on, got we're to we're release we'll it with this mechanism. Here's your wits boy. Yeah it's not man or man mate <laughs>
1: He's already used up over a minute on a three-minute game. So it's starting to look a bit bleak. With 30 seconds left, he managed to finish building it and it starts turning the handle. So it's starting to look promising. But the main problem is, is he hasn't actually tied the rope to anything. He's just holding it in the other hand.
2: But so then he lets,
1: <laughs> bloody lets go of it. And then effectively seals his fate, and he's and he's locked in.
2: Four, oh, three, no! two,
1: one, yeah! So at this point, we've got say what you see, Keith, and Andrew both locked in, and remember he's he's been stuck in that room for ages now. Um, but Captain Mark decides to buy Andrew out. And off Sheila goes to get him, taking with her a crystal, so there's five crystals left. But what's impressive is that she comes back with Andrew and a gram of meth as well.
3: (laughs) Did she find her knee pad?
1: (laughs) It was was on her elbow the whole time. So up next to try and get them back up to six is Anne with a mental game. There's basically a load of discs on the table that revolve. There's a colour on each end and they have to match up to release the crystal. Anne, again, absolutely smashes it and gets them back up to six. So to celebrate under return, Mark then chooses him to do a skill game. Did they make the right decision to buy him out or should they have gone for, say, what you see, Keith? Well, It's fair to say we find out pretty quickly because Andrew is fucking useless at this game. (laughs) (laughs) In this one, there's a water feature on one side with sections of piping on the floor. He has to line them up and connect them to the piping down to the bottom to set up a mechanism that will then release the crystal with the water flowing through it. He's continuously putting the wrong sections up and they tell him to come out with about 15 to 20 seconds left.
0: 15 seconds. Come out. Come out, come out.
1: out. You never get down which, in the terms of Crystal Maze, is as close to an insult as you can get, <laughs> basically.
3: Yeah, like his eyeballs didn't even work, and his logic wasn't engaged.
0: It's all that heat of the Aztecs on Friday's brain.
3: Yeah.
1: True. So that was all the games, so they have six Crystals, 30 seconds in the Dome, but they have one team member locked up. So what you see, Keith, gang, what would you do here? Would you go forward to the, the Crystal Dome, one person down with more time or would you get Keith out and have less time?
0: I would be Mm. devoured if I was the Keith. But at the end of the day, if you're locked in and they win and you get the prize, you still get the prize. So I'd be like, do you know what? I'd leave him. So I, I would be devil if it was me, but then if we won the prize, hey, all forgotten.
1: I'm glad I'm not in an army squadron with you, then Dobson. Uh, what about you, Mark?
0: Oh, I'd have friendly fired the shit out of you the first day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, <dear. laughs> I think you can have um, too many people in at the end. And I think some of them, so fucking stupid, they pick up all the silver things. So I, w- I would leave them. I would think, Do you know what? Time is probably more important than hands.
0: Do you, know, do you know the key here?
1: That's the key. not what people with no hands say.
0: The key is, right, if there's five of you, because one person's locked in, three pick, and two at either side of that letterbox, and you hand it to them, and they quickly
1: yeah. pick out all the no. silvers and feed them in. What about you, Bev? Would you leave Keith behind?
3: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Am I the only one who would take him? I'm the only one who takes yeah, him. Yeah, and you're the
0: reason why we'd end up with a fucking crystal, not the prize. <laughs>
1: So Captain Mark pretty much tells Keith to go fuck himself and takes away what would probably be the, the highlight of his day of going <laughs> to the Crystal Dome. Now you say it like that, because you
2: look really sad when he was, was going to save him. But I said that, it's probably it's the highlight, isn't it, to be... Mind you, fuck it. He should have just got out, <laughs> shouldn't he? So, fuck it. <laughs>
3: they didn't lock him in he locked himself in
1: exactly it's true true. before we get into the dome though um how do we think the medieval zone works
0: i don't think it works without mumsy agreed like Mm. that should be a given in in, in any medieval medieval... zone yeah But... but if you always have mumsy
3: like because the ones... brilliant. the
0: interaction with, with her and Richard Bryan makes the Mumsy's show so
3: good. But it's so good when there is an episode with Mumsy in because when you get to the door and Richard gives you the three coins, you're like, oh my god, I'm going to meet Mumsy. This is amazing. It doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, that's
2: nice true. Yeah.
1: Mm. So off they go to the Crystal Dome with Richard saying, "Bye, Keith. Just a rubbin' to
0: the Crystal Dome."
1: Oh, So here we are at the Crystal Dome, all the members that are still with the team, sorry Keith, enter the Dome and the aim is to collect more than 100 gold tokens in your allotted time. However, there are also silver ones in there and for each one you collect of them, you lose a golden one. So apparently each game would start with 625 silver and 500 gold. So already the team are already at a bit of a disadvantage.
0: Not as much as I thought though, I thought it would be like a 2 to 1 ratio, that's quite good still. So.
1: So if they total over 100, then the team win the grand prize, which is usually like an activity holiday. If it's between 50 and 100, the team win a medium kind of prize, like a day trip to the Slate Museum. And <laughs> any score less than 50 get a replica crystal engraved with eye cru- the crystal maze. But after Series 1, they got rid of the 50 to 100 point prizes. So mm-hmm. it, was all, it was basically all or nothing. So in they go. Was this the bit that everybody wanted to go at? Yes, Definitely.
0: No, I think I wanted to do the whole thing.
3: Yeah, I wanted to do the Aztec zone the most, I think.
1: Me and my
2: sister would always get really excited when when they were in the dome. That's the bit we both just like wanted to do. And we always used to discuss our tactics and then shout at them when they're being really stupid.
1: So in so in they go. Will you start the fans, please? And they're away collecting, and the find sticking away. Five seconds gone. Basically, it's just 30 seconds of a group of strangers flapping their arms wildly about. At the end of that, Richard blows his whistle. They come out with Keith this time. They didn't do too badly. 97 gold and 26 silver. So in the olden days, they would have had the day trip to (laughs) Lenifest But this time around, they just get the crystal to take back with them. So what do do we think of the Crystal Dome as an ending?
0: Fucking amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God, there's so many things they could have done on a puzzle-based game, but come on. That's awesome.
1: What about you, Bev? I think it's
3: good because when you first start watching the show, that's where Richard does his little intro. So you know that that's where they're building up to go. The whole thing is about getting this time to go in there. So yeah, it is really good. It is a bit of an anti-climax because I don't think that many teams win, do they? I mean, not as bad as Takeshi's Castle, but Mm. I don't think there's been many winners on it that I've seen.
2: What about you, Mark? Yeah, I thought it was genius because th- the whole design of the set is genius. I love the little table they have with the crystals and the lights going off. It just all links together. It has a purpose and it has a sense of like building to this amazing moment. And then it is—it's it's also nice they've done these individual tasks the all shouting at each other, and then they get to do one as a team. So yeah, I, I just think the whole—the
1: whole concept of the show. It's just very, very, very well thought out. Now it's time to give our final thoughts, as well as it using our system of top, middle or bottoms. So guys, what did we think about re-watching the show? Did we like it, dislike it? And crucially, what, how would we rate it? So, so Mark, let's hear from you first. For me, yes,
2: I loved watching it. I don't think it works the same now because I think it was of an era and I think the presenter, especially Richard O'Brien, just made the show. For me, it is absolutely top
0: draw. I feel like, I'm glad it's back, but I feel like it can't hold its own against quizzes now where you can win so much money. I mean, if you've got to go on a quiz, you could win a million pounds, quarter of a million pounds, you know, several thousand pounds. Do you really want to win go-karting? But I do feel like everyone who goes on it, the prize is tertiary. It's like, I don't care if I win. I'm going on the Crystal Maze. I want to do these games and I want to get into that Crystal Dome at the end. Mm. Absolute top.
1: I think, for, like, for me, I did enjoy watching it, um, but it's not necessarily for, like, the, the usual reasons of watching game shows. And a lot of it is actually watching it for people doing dumb things or the cool games. I think if there was a flaw for me, and I think it's quite a big one, is that some of the games, it's really hard to get involved. And obviously Richard does his bits to the camera, which kind of draws you in, which makes for a good TV programme, but doesn't make for a good game show. I can't call it a top. I think for me, it's a. It's like I'm going to sit on the fence and say medium top for me. And then finally, Bev, obviously you brought the show to this and you were talking earlier about how much you loved it when you watched it growing up. Has that changed at all for you?
3: No, I still, I still love it. I do struggle to watch it. It's not them. It's not the show. It's me. I've changed. <laughs> I'm the problem. I've got less time for people i think when you're a kid you're like oh it's funny they're messing it up but now you, when you've gone into the workplace and you may may be surrounded by people that are that stupid as well and you're like why can't you see what you're supposed to do it's driving me insane and i find it frustrating now but i still really like it and you might notice that a lot of my game show choices are usually not about questions I can't remember the names of people or the names of countries. <laughs> but lateral thinking and problem solving and puzzles, I'm all in. So I'm yeah, still a top for me.
1: We'd love to hear what you thought of the show. Do you agree with us? Do get in touch. We'll mention how to do so at the end of the episode as well as in the description of the show. And before we go into Bev's quiz quiz, we've been getting a load of lovely messages saying nice things and suggesting shows we should talk about in the future. Sarah got in touch on our Facebook page to say another fab episode guys have a suggestion for you all as your opinions on either of them would be interesting we'd love to see either name that tune and or Face the Music. So thanks, Sarah. We'll definitely add it to the list. I know one of them is all about classical music. So we might struggle a bit with that one, but... No,
3: we'll get Xander. It's yeah. fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, get, get,
1: him, get him back out the store in cupboard, eh, Mark? <laughs> and also we had Emily, who left a lovely review on Apple Podcasts, saying, such an easy listen and weirdly fascinating at the same time. As someone who doesn't even know or remember a lot of game shows, I really enjoyed this delve into 80s, 90s culture bit mad and very funny so thank you so much for getting in touch and just as emily did if you enjoy the show do leave us a review on apple podcasts the more reviews and ratings that we get the more likely people will stumble across us and give us a listen it only takes two minutes and we'd hugely appreciate it anyway enough of us blowing our own trumpets and selling our souls to the marketing gods of apple it is time for the main event downloading Quiz, quiz, quiz,
3: quiz. have you just drunk my wine again
0: the heat is on <laughs> <laughs> the wine is gone the heat is <laughs>
3: there's gonna be none left okay so guys are you ready for the quiz yes quiz quiz uh-huh. so obviously each week I test you guys on uh, questions from the show. But oh my God, how do you do it from a show that doesn't have any questions? Well, I'm going to be mumsy. So uh, each one of you is going to play a mental game in the medieval zone.
1: After three beers, I physically can't do riddles.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you could have told me before I started necking your wine.
3: Well... That was part of my plan. This is where Mark comes into his own.
2: I physically can't do riddles <laughs> Oh, shit. Sure.
3: Well, they're not, they're not geography riddles either. You only need to get one right to win a crystal. Oh. Ooh. As a reminder of the scores.
0: Some so, uh,
3: in last place. So, that's my wine. In last place is Mark. You've got five points. Then it's Dobbs with six points. Then it's Matt with seven points. Jesus. So, you're okay. still winning, Matt.
1: Or muth, or muth.
3: Are you ready, Mark? And quiet from the others, you can't help him. So, question number one. Which five-letter English word... I'm dyslexic! Or, you haven't even heard it! <laughs> Which five-letter word would be pronounced the same if you took away the first four letters? Q. You've only gone and done it! Ah,
1: dyslexic power!
3: <laughs> You've got a crystal!
1: What was the answer? I didn't hear it. Q. Oh, I'm going to struggle.
3: You, 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 you.
1: Get it. Oh.
3: Okay, well, yeah.
0: Just give them the point. No, Thanks you've got listening. the crystal.
3: And now we're going on to the next player, which is Dobbs. question number one. How many X's are there in the Roman numerals from 10 to 20 inclusive? From
0: 10? Well, X is 10. So, so from 10, 10 to 20 11, inclusive. 12, 13, 40, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Oh, fuck, I was coming. 10,
3: 7, 12,
0: 13,
3: 19, 20 is 2, so 12.
0: It's 13. Oh! 19 is... Oh, of course. X I S.
3: Uh, yeah, it's got 2
0: yeah. in it. Oh, it should be less than that, because surely 18 would be like 2XX.
3: Well, look, don't question Mumsy. You've got three chances, though, remember, so Dobby's got another 2. Oh. You just smashed your first one, you see.
0: Oh. So,
3: question two for you, dog. You're not going to like it. I
0: physically can't do riddles. In our
3: armory, there's a line of eleven spears lined up from the shortest to the longest. The difference between each one and its neighbour is ten centimetres. The longest one is three times the length of the shortest one. How long is the longest spear?
0: I've drunk all your wine. I didn't even hear the fucking second half that I
1: I, I I stopped listening as well. To be Should honest. I do an
3: easier one?
0: Yeah, because literally, I thought, right, there's 10 centimetres and then... That's his second my, go. My, my,
3: yeah, that is his second
0: My, go. my brain just went, yeah. have more wine. But what the <laughs> fuck was that? It's like...
3: Look. 150 centimetres.
0: No, you wouldn't ask anything like that. <laughs>
3: You made right, the uh, room
0: for two minutes? It would take half that just for that question to be asked.
3: These are all questions from episodes. These <coughs> are all from the show with Mumsy in the right, Richard O'Brien days. It. Question number three. I was late for the theatre the other day. I missed quarter of the play. If I'd got there quarter of an hour earlier, I'd have missed only an eighth of the play. Ooh. How long is the play? <gasps>
0: I've got it. So you were there. My attention span's shit. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> Do you know it, no, Are you giving up? I know. Can I have a go? Oh. I haven't given up. I just, I,
3: I mean, you don't have a the time. To,
0: I just, I've had lots of wine. So, um, you were late for the plane, you missed quarter of it. If you'd mm-hmm. been there a quarter of an hour earlier, you would have already missed an eighth of it. So, obviously, the correlation, um. Uh, uh, <laughs> Z Z. Carry Zepra. the two. Carry the two. Oh, I don't know, an hour.
3: <laughs> no, anyone else for any guesses? Two hours. Two
0: hours. two hours. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was
3: two hours. So I'm sorry, Dobbs, you don't win a crystal. Well but you don't get locked in either, I'll let you out.
0: Why can't we have a fucking easy one when I'm not drinking? <laughs> I'm having more wine. <laughs> so I'm just question, necking her wine now out of spite.
3: Question number one, Warlow. A maiden was given a box of sweets. She ate half of the box on the first evening and then each night after ate half of the remaining sweets. On the sixth night, she went to the box and there was only one sweet left. How many were in the box at the start?
1: Oh my God. Can you say that again, please? Sorry.
3: A maiden was given a box of sweets. She ate half of the box on the first evening and then each night after she ate half of the remaining sweets. On the sixth night, she only had one sweet left. How many were in the box of sweets to start with?
2: Pressure, 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 pressure. I don't want him to get it. I, I think
3: he's got it and he's working I it out. It.
0: I think I know it. i had wine. Well,
1: I hope I know it. Oh, I don't <laughs> think I have got it. <gasps> ooh,
0: ooh, uh, I,
1: can I guess? I don't think it is right, but my way of figuring out it's not going to work. I thought, is it 36?
3: Oh! Oh, so close. So anyone else?
1: 32.
3: 32. So... I'm fucking clever today. You are clever. You're not drinking. (laughs) Don't drink kids. Question number two. Matt, you've got another couple of goals. If a crystal ball costs £5 more than a pointed hat, (laughs) and I can buy two of each for £22, how much does the crystal ball cost?
1: Okay. So, so sorry. It was twenty two pound.
3: Yeah, you can get two two crystal balls and two pointed hats for twenty two pounds. How the, much is a crystal ball? But it, it's definitely five pounds more than the pointed hat. That's easy. Oh my god! I didn't get any of these. By the way, there's me being the quizmaster. I pretty much didn't oh, get any of these. Oh, two
1: of each. Oh, sorry. <laughs> is it? Oh, hang on. Is it just twenty seven pound?
3: Oh, God. How can a crystal ball be £27 if you can get two of them and two pointed hats for £22? No, you
1: just said then it was just one point. You just said a pointed hat. You only said one. (laughs) You did just then.
3: No, I said two of the.
1: A crystal ball. Oh, let's move on to the next one. I'm fucking terrible at these.
3: He physically You're not can't gonna like do riddles. Much. I, I, I like
2: physically this. can't do riddles. Why don't we need the answer for the other one?
3: Oh, yeah, the answer for the other one. Anyone, any guesses well, how
2: much well, crystal, crystal ball is? Well, no, I, I did it wrong. When he said two of each, I thought meant just two hats. So I'd worked it out from that. But when you said it was two hats and two crystal balls, if I'm honest, I couldn't be asked doing that maths. Is <laughs> it eight
3: pounds? Eight pounds.
2: Eight pounds
3: each. Uh, yeah, pointed hat must be three pounds. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. that makes sense. You no, know, the crystal will be three pounds because the point has five pounds more. No, isn't the crystal Ball's it? five, £5, five oh, pounds. I've got to rub ah. the fucking
1: off. No, but, but 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 if it was to buy two and they're both twenty two pound. No, <laughs> no, not the. Oh, <laughs> to fucking move on. The
2: total bill was twenty two pounds. Oh.
1: <laughs> oh. Wait,
3: I'm gonna read it again. No, he's. I'm a it.
2: dyspraxic and dyslexic one here. I shouldn't be getting these bloody riddles. Yeah. You're a fucking teacher. You're academic. Academic.
0: Yeah, but
3: you and Marlowe are two of the smartest people I know. Yeah,
0: exactly. I'm. I've had all your wine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Question
3: number three. If tomorrow's yesterday, will be oh, Monday. God.
0: Oh. Oh, God. <laughs>
2: I edit already. Fuck oh, off. God.
3: If tomorrow's yesterday will be Monday, which day was the day before yesterday's tomorrow?
1: Oh. Oh, oh. fuck you, Bev. Oh. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: fuck
1: off. Say that, say that again.
3: If tomorrow's yesterday will be Monday...
1: Okay, so tomorrow's yesterday... <laughs> so tomorrow's so tomorrow yesterday's today so that's monday yeah that's oh, what i got
3: you're halfway yeah. which day was the day before yesterday's tomorrow
1: the day before yesterday's tomorrow the day before yesterday's tomorrow. sunday
3: yes yes <laughs> i was really with you there trying to work it out because i had the answer but i couldn't really
2: work out because i was wanted to catch up a bit but you know
3: well don't worry i mean you've both got a crystal but there is a tiebreaker situation
2: oh, oh god
3: so this is one of those good questions where it's the closest to what is the average number of gold tokens collected per team during the Harris. course of the original six <laughs> series
0: Thursday so the average the, gold number of in gold the si-
3: t- yeah so in a, the first six series with Ed, Edgar Allan Foe Can I have
0: a go even though I'm not in the running. Of
3: course you can, but not now. You have to wait for them to do their answer. Oh obviously. First. I'm
0: not I'm not a pig. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> so I've,
3: yeah. Average, average number of gold.
1: Average number of gold across six series. Okay, I've got I've got my answer. Oh, every episode.
3: Yeah, it's an average.
1: <laughs> Every episode
0: ever.
3: <laughs> of the, oh, God. The first six seasons, the ones with Ed and with Richard.
2: And you only got a prize if you got over 100 gold, wasn't it? Yeah, after, the, after the 50 be minus.
1: I was going to check. Is it, is it just the gold tokens collected? Yes, or is without it... the minus. So it's not the deduction? Fine. No. Okay. Including okay. the gold that's okay. left in
0: the machine at the end.
3: No, you're doing it now <laughs>
1: on purpose. I've got mine. I've got my answer. 115.
3: Okay, and Roberts?
1: 130.
0: Can so so I the, have my guess? Yeah, go on then. 88.
2: Oh, I think I've gone too high.
3: You have gone too high. Worrelo huh. was closest, so gets no! the crystal.
2: What was it? 98. Oh, can I still oh, get a point yeah. though Because I did well in the riddles.
0: No.
3: No, unfortunately, that's shit. Not. yeah, that's really shame. Oh, I'm not
2: playing <laughs> anymore. I was going to catch up with fucking Dobson. I got my first riddle, and I got some of the other riddles right.
0: Robert, I'm so with you. He got all those points because he fucking cheated with Bournemouth, and now he's racing ahead.
3: Yeah. Well, what are you going to do about
2: it? He's, he's only he, lucky making, with the your bloody day before yesterday, tomorrow. You know what fucking day the weekend is? You no, he gets
0: no. You're making him out. out. You're making him out like he's the SES, and me and Robert are fucking dad's army. I'm not having it. A... Just because he's well a creator
2: done. and producer
0: doesn't mean you have well to like kiss his arm. Yeah, I'm really yeah. Good Let's at see you do
3: that, too, and people are really bitter. <laughs> it's not. It's not your fault.
1: So, uh, so, so, bad for the listeners of my ego. Can you say what the scores are, please?
3: Oh, God. Of course. So, I can get a bonus point or <laughs> something. I'm sorry, no.
2: Write in, listeners, if you think I should get a bonus point because I did
3: really well on
2: that Should
0: Captain Mannering and Sergeant Wilson get a bonus point against Andy McNabb?
3: (laughs) 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 So Mark's got five, Dobbs has got six, Warrilow's got eight. But next week it's going for, going for gold. I'll come up with a really good one with lots of points to throw around, maybe.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of It's Only a Game Show. If you like the show, please do tell your friends. You can also find us on Facebook at It's Only a Game Show, Instagram at It's Only a Game Show, on Twitter at Only a Game Pod. You should also subscribe to our very own YouTube channel where we put all the episodes and other clips. Just search for It's Only a Game Show and subscribe to us there. Or you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. Thanks as ever to Ian Jones for the artwork. You can see more of his stuff over at ianthomasjones.com. So join us next time when we'll delve into another weird, wonderful, or truly awful game show. So it's a bye from Bev.
3: Gimme my wine back.
1: It's a bye from Dobson.
0: 37.
1: It's a bye from Mark. Bye. I'm off to call my dealer to pick up some more crystal meth. Goodbye. It's only
0: a game show. It's only a game show.
2: It's only a game show. It's only
0: a game show. (laughs) Will you start the lube, please? (laughs)